Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. Hey, podcast friends, Pastor Dan here. Today's message started with an announcement that we're moving to a new building. And so if that's old news to you or you don't want to listen to that part, you can just fast forward 12 minutes and that'll send you right to today's message. We actually do have a big announcement for you. It's a, it's a wonderful announcement. Um, we're really excited about it. And for us, we have a need. Like, our church has a need. Our lease for this building ends, at, uh, ends this year. And so we've been praying and thinking over the last year, like, God, what do you want us to do? What, what should we do? Like, should we move? Should we stay here? What are the options out there? And God has done this wonderful thing where he's just kind of like dropped this miracle in our laps. And so we are on April 23rd moving to a new home this year. Put it on the screen there, Josh. Let's see it. So this is a church Woo! in the home. Yeah. You can clap for it. This is exciting. <laughs> so we have a new home to live in. Um, we're moving April 23rd. Uh, this building is on Turkey Farm Road, if you know that. It's five minutes that way, two miles that way. Um, and we are just, we're thrilled about it. Like, we don't have to, to move into a retail space where we've got to convert it again. We don't have to move into a warehouse where we've got to redo everything. This is like a beautiful church that was built for a community just like ours. And we're we're just thrilled about it. And it's right here in Muhammad. So that's amazing. And Liz is going to tell you a little story of how this came to be because it's just, it really is God just moving in our church. Yeah. So it's cool because it, it has a story with lots of different layers, but um, I'm going to be succinct here. So uh, this summer, we, I was picking, we were picking up our daughter, um, our oldest daughter who went to summer camp way up in northern Wisconsin seven hours north, and it was a family day at the end of camp, okay? So we're hanging out at the camp with her. We're at the, um, like, mountain bike shop, and she's showing us, you know, what she likes about mountain biking. Anyways, there's a, a lady there that I notice, and she has, like, a navy blue T-shirt on, and it just has, like, the simple letters, like, bulldogs, right? N no mascot, no nothing, just bulldogs. And I say, hey, Dan, do you think that that person could be from Muhammad, like I Bulldogs? Say, no, no, Liz. We are in the <laughs> middle of rural Wisconsin, eight hours away from the tiny town of Muhammad, and there is no way, so don't waste your time. Is what okay, I so then I just take that as a confirmation that I should go and check this out, right? Um, and so I go up to the lady, and I said, hey, I noticed your shirt. Like, do you happen to be from a small town in central Illinois called Muhammad? And she was like, yes, how did you know, you know, and I was like, well, your shirt, you know, she kind of forgot she was wearing it, and so then we just, like, start sharing our connections and um, talk about our kids that are at the summer camp, and she went to Wheaton, and this camp is owned by Wheaton, our Wheaton connection, and so anyways, we decide that later on that summer, we exchange numbers that we should get together for a play date. She has a, a younger daughter, just the age of my younger daughter, and great, I have a new friend, so we get together later in the summer, and we're talking about just all things church life, right? You know, as she's getting to know me and things like that. 
And um, she tells me that she knows of this church in town that had, like, closed, you know, they, and it was just sitting there empty, not being used. And she didn't know, like, what was going to happen with the church, what was going to come of it, but she knew of the pastor who had um, been on staff there, and she was like, let me get you connected with her. Just see what's happening with the building. And I said, okay. And so um, she gets me her info, and I talk to her, and they were, their point of change um, is a church in Muhammad, or no, in Bloomington, a Nazarene church, and they were coming here and doing like a, a second church to try to get the church started. Anyways, COVID happens the whole nine yards, and um, they end up deciding like they need to continue focusing their efforts in Bloomington. And she tells me our heart when we were there was to prepare the way for the next congregation. She felt like that was her, her church staff's calling. And I was just floored by that because she had such a, a kingdom perspective, and that's really unique, right? That the body of Christ is not just one congregation and one group, right? We're, we're all on the same team. And, um, and so much so that, like, they had a pipe burst at one time that caused the leak, and um, they ended up doing $80,000 of remodel to this building. So the inside is like all new. I mean, it's incredible. And she was just like, yeah, we just felt like it was our, our role to make this place the best it could for whoever comes next. And I'm just sitting there on the phone like, wow. <laughs> can, can that be us? Can we be next? And so she tells me, you know, now the building is, um, you know, it goes back to like the Nazarene, uh, like, you know, regional leader or whatever. So she's like, I can get you in touch with him. And so, you know, the story continues, the journey continues, and I talk to him, and we start to kind of um, put together our, our thoughts and ideas, and he talks to his board, and we're talking to our board, and, you know... Um, we, we get down to the journey of where we are today where he says, yes, come, lease our building, come inhabit it. We want it to be used for the kingdom. And so this is it. This is our new church building. Yeah, so there's lots of reasons to be excited about this building. And I think you'll find your own reason why you're excited, I think. But I want to share some of why we're excited, what's happening in our hearts of uh, why we're bursting with joy is just that first God just provided, which is amazing. Um, two, you saw the sanctuary. You can put that photo back up and the other photos of the sanctuary there too. Um, it's just a beautiful building inside. It's it's like ready for worship to sound beautiful in there. And I, I just love that. Like we're all going to be singing together in there and it'll sound gorgeous. And I had this dream last weekend that we were all singing in there, and each one of us had a beautiful singing voice, okay? <laughs> I, my, my voice is kind of like a B, C, you know, but we were just all blessed. It was sounding like heaven in there. We were all singing, and it was just this gorgeous sound. So, so, um, so I just love, I love the sanctuary. Um, the, the, there's a, a foyer as well that's just beautiful for having coffee and hanging out and having donuts. There's a picture of the foyer. I, I just think it's a beautiful place where I'm taking the pictures where you walk in. And so you're just greeted with like people hanging out and 
enjoying each other's company before service. The kids' ministry space is just beautiful. It's uh, got four different classrooms. Uh, we can change a storage room into five if we grow. Um, and it's just a, a beautiful place to have kids' ministry, and it's just organized in a way that really fits our needs. And I just love that this church was built for church community. And it's just like our community. It's not too big. It's, not, it's definitely not too small. It's like right for us and even right for us to grow into. So um, we're really excited. And it has lots of windows, which I like. When, there's a window <laughs> in our office, so that'll be fun. We don't, our, our window, we, we don't have any windows. We always complain about not there. having windows. <laughs> so... <clears throat> So yeah, it's it's fresh, it's light, it's you just you just walk in and and feel like a, just a joy there. Um, so I'm I'm excited that it's in the heart of our community as well. I mean, it's right in a neighborhood. Um, so we're get we're gonna meet our neighbors and say, hey, we're here, you know, and build relationships with people we don't even know yet, um, and. And so it just makes us right into the fabric of what we want to do is bringing the presence of God to our community and inviting people to experience that transformation. Another thing that we love that God just provided um, is that um, this move is going to provide us financial freedom. So our rent payments um, there will be half of what this is. Um, yes. Which is just <laughs> insane. So Dale's going to tell you it's even more than half, right? Is that what you want to say? It's more than half. It's, it's more, more than, than half. half. So, which is just incredible. We feel like in this building has been great. It's served us really well. But we've always thought, like, what? Is there something where we could be better stewards of what's given here? And this is it. This is an answer mm -hmm. to prayer, a prayer that we've been praying for almost three years. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really amazing. There's a lot more. I think of the outdoor space for youth, for kids. There's all these things. You'll you'll find your own you can, reason. You can be on the mowing excited. team if you really oh, yeah, like mowing. We have a, a, we have a big riding mower. You know, if you need yeah. some uh, therapy time on the mower, we got gotcha. you. Who? No, I won't do that. I was gonna say who loves mowing. I really love mowing. I like it. But um, uh, I'll share with you guys though the mowing responsibilities it's, as well. It's a lot. So, <laughs> we are moving two weeks after Easter. That's how you can think of it. Two weeks after Easter, April 23rd will be our first Sunday in there. So we'll have opportunities for uh, service days to happen. Um, Work days. It's, there's, it's a beautiful building, but we still need to go in there and make it our own. Um, so we'll have some work days. There's weeds that need to be sprayed. The, I kind of photoshopped it out, I'll tell you guys. Uh, but the side of the building kind of has some mildew that needs to be power washed, stuff like that. Um, so there's lots to be done. We'll announce those in the future of how you can be a part of making this building ready. In the very near future. In the very near future. <laughs> um, but yeah, two weeks after Easter is when we will have our first service in there. So today, I want to invite you guys to join us and go over there to pray for the building right after church. So we don't, we're not able to go in the building. We don't have the key yet, but um, we're going to go over there and just pray over the building. If you want to go, you can. No pressure. You don't have to go. But if you want to see it, we'll go over there. Maybe like 10 minutes after service, we'll head over and just pray over the building and say, God, this is yours. Do with it what you want. So, yeah, I've got little cards for you that we'll hand out as, as, uh, as we unservice here.
So, can I pray? I feel like yeah. those are good times to pray. Um, pray with me. Jesus, you are so good to us. Um, this song, like I'm feeling every word of the song that we just sang about your faithfulness to us, your goodness to us every step of the way. And while we were stressed and worried about what's next, like you were just like, I got you, I got you. And so we're so thankful that you're that kind of God and that you provide for us as a church. Um, we just give the rest of the service to you. We're so thankful for who you are. Amen. It's fun to celebrate what God does, isn't it? It's, it's just amazing. Um, so I, I want to capitalize on that this morning and just kind of continue to take us on that journey. So, you know, this past Monday, on the eve of us um, making these plans and, these fi and finalizing this decision, um, I show up Monday morning to church, and uh, I have like a backpack where I keep my laptop and my books, and, you know, so I have my backpack on, I get out of the car, I probably packed my lunch, I had like my extra coffee in my hand, you know, I got all my stuff, that's how I walk to the ch church door, right? And I get out my keys, and I'm holding everything, and I, and I put my key in the door, and I turn it, and, and I kind of back up a little bit, because my my key broke off in the door lock here. <laughs> and I thought, what in the world am I going to do now, you know? So I'm holding all my stuff, and I just set it down, and I just look at it, you know, stuck stuck in there. You know, it won't come out. It's just stuck. The, the, the deadbolt turned, so it's like perfectly stuck between unlocked and unlocked, and unlocked, just kind of haunting me, you know? But I'm just thinking, I just pause for a moment and think, okay, God, like, what, what are you saying here? Like, is this prophetic? What are you doing? Like, you just locked the door, the front door to, to this building. So I get back in my car. I go home. I work from home that day. Um, and the next day comes, Tuesday, and Dan and I uh, were working at Yo-Yo's in the morning. That's a coffee shop here in town if you don't know. Um, delicious. And as we're getting done, we're like, let's just like swing by the building and, um, you know, say hello to it. <laughs> and so we go to the building and we get out and we're just kind of walking around and I go up to the, to the front doors to kind of just look in and I grab the door handle and it's open. And I think, okay, Lord, like, what are you trying to say here? Um, and it's, it's just, it's so kind of the Lord. They had a, a door problem on the inside break, and so that lock was unlocked. But the, the God of the universe who keeps the, the planets spinning and the clouds moving and all the things, like he, he cares about providing these tangible um, moments in our story of saying, I'm, I'm locking one door, and I'm unlocking another, you know? And he cares about putting these little details um, that speak to the journey that we are on. And, and it's just, it's such a confirmation to me um, about what God is, is doing. And he seems to be working like that through this whole story, right? It's like it all started with a t-shirt that we argued about, right? <laughs> And so I want to just name the attribute of faith 
that is in our church body, that's in our story, that's in your story that has really gotten us to the place that we are at today. So we carry this treasure of faith in our hearts. And I want you to be encouraged that it's strongly among us. Faith, it's living, it's active, and God uses our faith and multiplies it for these amazing opportunities that we can't even we can't even plan or conceive of on our own, right? We're, we're just not that gifted. <laughs> Hebrews 11.1, 1, you may have heard this. It's a familiar scripture. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And biblical faith is this belief and confidence in the unseen realities of God right, of who he is, of the promises he has, the blessings he has. It's uh, confident hope in the, the active kingdom of God in this world, that there are two realms happening all the time, right? There's the kingdom of the world, and there's the kingdom of God. And when we look just through the lens of the kingdom of this world, you have a really limited view, right? We see the circumstances. We see the problems. We see the impossibilities. We see the struggles and the pain and the suffering. And that becomes our vision. But when we look with eyes of faith through the kingdom of God, we see his abundance and his unlimited abilities because he has unlimited resources for us. And so the, the big idea this morning that I want you to walk away with is that faith is the key to the things of God. Faith is a key to the things of God. And here's the thing. We can use faith as a key to unlock things, miraculous things of God. We can use it active in the kingdom we use this key to enter into the family of God. You know, when you say yes to following Jesus, you use that key of faith. And you say, Jesus, I accept you as the Lord of my life, the Savior of my life, right? You use that key to enter into the kingdom for the first time to say, yes, you are my Lord. And when you enter into the kingdom of God, you have to keep using this key key to step into all the realities that God has for you, right? His blessings, his promises, his character, his redemption over your life, his renewal of your life. You just keep picking up this key of faith and, and moving deeper and deeper into the things of God. And you know what? He extends these little invitations to us, and he speaks to us, and he says, use your spiritual muscle. Pick up your key of faith and place it in me. Let me unlock new possibilities that you haven't even conceived of yet. God whispers to us. God speaks to us in scripture. He invites us in and he shows us how to obey him. Over and over again, he gives us these invitations and these opportunities to use our key of faith. So we're going to look at a story this morning from scripture 
in 1 Kings 17. This is in the Old Testament. And it's about a prophet named Elijah. Okay, And Elijah is called to go to Israel. Israel is the place of God's people. And he is called to go there and basically call them out on their worship of Baal. Okay, instead of worshiping the one true God, they have broken their covenant and chose to worship idols instead. With the influence of an evil king that they had at the time, who was leading the people in this direction. And the god Baal is the god of storms. Okay, so he has weapons of thunder and lightning. That's, you know, what they thought. And he had authority over um, the rain or the lack of rain and the fertility of the land or not, right? And so Elijah is told by God to go to Israel, go to the king at the time, Ahab, and tell him God has ordainly, um, has divinely ordained a drought in the land. He's going to show who has the real power. It's not Baal, it's God. God is the one who has the true power, and you guys need to worship him instead. So he is going to uh, cause this drought to happen where there won't be rain and the land will lack fertility. And then God calls Elijah to go to this um, brook where it was the only source of water at that time because God was still trying to care for Elijah and keep him fed and hydrated. And so he goes to this brook and God also miraculously um, has food brought to him by ravens. And so each day he has water and food, but then eventually even that brook dries up. And so God tells him to go to a new city to get some food. And this, in this city is where he is going to um, divinely meet somebody for a faith encounter. And so this is where we're going to pick up the story in 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. You can follow along on the screen or look it up. It says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to, the, to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? And as she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread, too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said. 
but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rains and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. This is a super powerful story of God's miraculous provision and the tiny bit of faith that this widow had God used it, and he multiplied it for his miraculous purposes. So Elijah, he's sent to this town, Zarephath, and this is a town known for the worship of Baal. It is like the the homeland. It's his home territory. This is like where this God is most prevalently worshipped. Israel is choosing to worship him, you know, against God's will. But this was where his home territory was. And so by by Elijah being sent there to be provided for is, is a similar message that God is saying, you know, I am the one true God. I'm the one true God in Israel, and I'm the one true God outside of Israel. I'm the one true God of the whole world, and my power extends wherever it chooses, right? Just because the town of Zarephath is where Baal is worshipped, it doesn't mean that he has the home, you know, home court advantage. God is the one true God. His power extends where it wants to, beyond the city limits, beyond the place where he is worshipped, to the other team, right? So Elijah, probably knowing this, is a little, okay, God, you know, but he listens and he obeys and he goes to this town where he is looking for a widow who God's instructed um, him that she's going to feed him. And so he's looking for her and he finds her at the city gates and she's picking up sticks for what's going to be her last meal, right? I mean, you can imagine her story. She is a widow, so she's lost her husband. That is already enough pain and tragedy for her and her son. But on top of this, she's experiencing the same drought that's going on in the land, and she's picking up sticks thinking this is going to be her last meal that she's going to cook for her and her son. She's in a really, really hopeless, desperate state. I can't really imagine what that would feel like. And Elijah comes along and asks for a drink of water. Now, culturally, it's it's normal for uh, at the city gates to ask for a drink of water. Like that was like normal, a normal hospitable request in that time. So Elijah's not crazy. So he asks for a drink of water, and she goes to fetch the water, but then he 
he calls out to her and ups the order a little bit. Hey, can you add some food too? Now that's, that's where it starts to sting a little bit because she is picking up sticks for her last meal on earth. And something probably identified him as a prophet because she knows, she calls him a prophet of God. But she says, I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have what you're asking for. I have only have one last meal for me and my son. So she's showing like she knows of God, but it's, it's Elijah's God, right? Your God. She knows God, but not personally. And Elijah says, don't fear. Don't fear. Go and make the food for me and your family because the God of Israel, the God I know and worship, is going to take care of you. He's going to provide for all of your needs. And he'll do it until he himself stops the drought. And the widow is given an invitation at this moment. An invitation of faith, like, will you take this key of faith and use it to unlock the impossible things of God. She's given a choice. Paul David Tripp, he says this, this is one of the many choices of faith that are all over the biblical narrative. Will the widow do what makes sense and keep the oil and bread for herself and her son, or will she entrust the last thing that she has on earth the care of the creator of heaven and earth. This dear widow, at the end of her rope, chose to make the prophet his requested cake. It's powerful. The widow is given this invitation, and she uses the little bit of faith that she has to do what Elijah requests of her. And it opens the door to the miraculous things of God. Because this is what it says. Verse 15. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah can, and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Man, when we say yes to these divine interventions that God gives us and interrupts our lives with, it unlocks wonderful things of God. Things that we cannot even imagine. So there's three things that faith involves. Faith involves listening and responding. We listen to what God prompts us to, and we respond. Often, the temptation is to just look to the situation around us. Just look to the circumstances around us in those moments. React in fear. React in worry. React in the way like our our flesh is tempted to react, right? Like, I only have this one more meal left. And Elijah, he's listening to God. He responds to God. 
He doesn't look to the surrounding circumstances of this drought all over the land to get his cues, right? He listens to the voice of God, and he courageously obeys God and finds this widow and tells the widow of the promises God has for her. But the widow was also listening. She listens to Elijah. She considers what he has to say. She considers his offer. And she uses her tiny bit of faith to be a part of something bigger than she even knew possible. Secondly, faith involves obedience. It involves obedience. And oftentimes, that obedience feels super risky. It doesn't always feel good. It doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel all peaceful and plush, like, oh, God's just got me. You have to, like, remind yourself of that. That's the faith. It's having assurance and confidence in the, in the things that are unseen. Oftentimes, risk feels terrible. It can feel like you're dying out there. God, where are you? But faith involves this complete trust and obedience in God, to obey the promptings that God puts in our hearts, that we see with a limited view, but God takes that faith and he blows it up into the opportunities of the kingdom. And, the, and third, faith is rooted in God's abundant and unlimited kingdom. And that's the perspective change. God uses our faith and multiplies it. God can stop the rain in the hometown territory of the storm God, right? He can use an insignificant widow from the other team that's worshiping the storm God for his purposes. Because the way that God works, the way that his kingdom works, it doesn't make sense to our rational, logical little brains, right? He does things above and beyond our perspective because his kingdom is abundant and unlimited. So here, here's where I'm, I'm wrapping us up, that the story of Life Vineyard Church is a story of listening and responding, a story of obedience, a story of responding to God. And I just want to affirm that, that this is our story, and this is a story that will continue. Our yes to God is not going anywhere. And if it is, then please talk to me. <laughs> because we give God our submitted yes. From the moment that the pastoral role was open here back in November 2019, you know, God prepared people to respond to his call. He prepared people to say, yes, I'll step into that space. We made Greg, not we, but people in this church made Greg Elliott the interim pastor, and the church gathered together a board and a leadership team, and people stepped up to the call to continue this church. And then COVID happens, right? And y'all had to figure it out <laughs> and navigate the crazy. 
And yet they did. This church continued to navigate the complete uncertainty of a global pandemic. Who sees that coming? And then all the way across the country, there's the call of Dan and I, listening to the voice of God, responding and obeying when we feel like this is a place to live out our call. But it doesn't all make sense, Jesus. <laughs> right? There's a lot of things circumstantially that are scary and risky and, and not, not in a nice little box with a bow on top. But I want you to know that the last three years, I feel like, has been a season of the widow's oil and flower jar. We're like, no matter what, when like it didn't make sense on paper financially that we should be in existence, God provided just enough oil and flour to keep us going. I'm telling you, there were nights where I was just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Will we still be here in a year? You know, I mean, yes, physically, but, you know, as a, as a church body functioning with finances and the whole nine yards. He has sustained us over and over and over again, and we just get to celebrate that. We do. But I also think it's time for us to move into the expanse of what God has for us. You know, eventually the drought stopped. The widow wasn't living off of just one little container of oil and flour forever, right? She, she, she had a new palate eventually, right? When the drought stopped and the, the land produced, she moved into the new thing that God had for her. And that's, that's where we are. We're at a, a crossroads to move into the wide open space of provision that God has given us, that he's prepared a new place for us to impact our community and transform lives and bring his presence, infiltrate it into relationships and with people that we haven't even met yet. So I encourage you to take up your key of faith in your life and in the story that God is writing in this church with you and, and jump in with the complete expectation that God has got us to where we are, and he's only going to continue to multiply it into the future. You guys with me? Let's pray. Jesus, sometimes I don't even have words for how wonderful you are and how um, amazing you are. You lead us on uh, a path and a journey that only you know, but it's good. And it sometimes feels scary and unknown to us, but you have us completely covered in your love and your grace and your provision. So I'm, I'm just thankful for all that you have done in our lives, in this church, 
And I just pray that we can sing out your praises this morning with full hearts of who you are, of complete assurance, confident hope and trust in who you are. We sing of who you are and we celebrate who you are this morning. We love you, Jesus. Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org. Oh, hey, you're still here. You're like one of my favorite people. The, the kind of person that like sticks around after church while everybody else has left. Like you're still one of the last ones talking. You're like the podcast version of that person. And while I have you here, uh, if you didn't know, this is Pastor Dan. Uh, while I have you here, I just want to say, hey, if you don't have a church home, we would love for you to come to life if you're in the central Illinois area. If you're listening to this outside of Central Illinois, go find a Vineyard Church. Vineyard Churches are amazing places. Go find one near you. And if you're not near a Vineyard Church, then uh, just find a church, a community of believers that you can be involved with, be in community with. I think we are our best spiritual selves when we are in community with other people who are following Jesus. That's what the church is for. So we hope to see you here. And if not here, Go find a community of believers that you can get involved with this week. All right. Thanks for listening. See you later.